0: Do you like to learn about random, wild stuff? You know, the things you didn't think you needed to know about, then realize you should? Then welcome to Nothing Off Limits, the podcast that gives you one place to go for something different. Impress your next party guest with your unusual body of knowledge, and if you dig the show, get more information at LadyFoxEntertainment.com and subscribe, rate, or review. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Nothing Off Limits. Today is all about business, as this show is going to be focused on how to make more money, love that, and stay motivated 99% of the time, how to be your authentic, true self at work, even in a corporate environment, and how to find the right clients, or tribe, as they call it, for you you. Our guest today believes that creating massive results should be done your way and on your terms. And if it doesn't feel aligned, what's the point? And if you're not being you, what's the point? And if you're spending all day doing shoulds in your business, what's the point? And I wholeheartedly agree with all of that. Olivia Charlotte is her name, and she is a results coach who believes in being 100% yourself while running your business. Olivia's mission in life is to uncover and unravel your deepest, power and your zone of genius. And her mission is for people to realize how much potential they truly have, get totally aligned with their truth and calling, and take massive inspired action. You're going to hear today. She is so real, inspiring, encouraging, and very open. And she understands people at a level that most people don't. She's probably going to tell you why as well in the show. You can check out her website at oliviacharlotte.com, and uh, welcome, Olivia.
1: Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here.
0: I'm excited to have you. Now, before you help the listeners shift their mindset and get into their awesome genius zone, I want to talk about you first. I'd love for you to share like what brought you to where you are today. Tell us about your journey.
1: Sure. Um, so I, I'll talk a little bit about my background just because I do think it it has an influence, obviously, I think, like all of us. so i was um I was born in Japan, and my dad is French, and my mom is Belgian. And then for you know twenty two years of my life, I just spent time in different countries living in different continents, and that was a crazy experience. And that brought me to um, doing a bachelor's in business management at Boston University, so in Massachusetts, uh, for four years. And that was great. I I love education. I love learning. I'm just an avid learner. So that was a really great way to to get my hands um, into more of the business world. And I always found that incredibly fascinating, like just the models and All kinds of other things. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, I then um, worked at Bloomberg in London. So I spent three years in financial sales um, here in England, where I'm currently based. And it's one of those things whereby it was a bit of a hate-love relationship. Like, I really loved um, the people. The people were international um, at the company I was learning so much. It was a very steep learning curve. It was very fast paced. I could never really get bored. And there was definitely like progression. So Mm -hmm. that I really enjoyed. But then there was also the hate relationship, which was, I just didn't really feel that fulfilled. And I didn't really feel like I was doing what I knew best, um, Mm -hmm. or what my strengths really, Mm -hmm. truly were. And I was also like, I'm not really making a difference. And I just think it's a shame because we live, I believe we live once in this, you know, in this experience. And, and, you know, what a shame to not actually completely maximize on all of your potential. So um, as a result of that, I decided to quit my job and um, do a master's in organizational psychology and psychiatry at King's College. And then I also did a coaching qualification with the Coaching Academy. And I started my first business, which was a dating events business for global nomads. It was tiny, tiny little business. I mean, sometimes I just see it more like a hobby, to be honest. But I did make some sales, So. <laughs> So I'll, I'll put it in the business category. Well, the first
0: business is always the toughest, I think. Yes.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> um, and then and then I started about 11 months later. I actually got an investment offer for that one, and it was a good, good kind of like wake-up call. I realized how much I just really wanted to help women entrepreneurs maximize their ultimate potential because... Um, I just really believe that there are people out there who are obsessed with serving others and who have this, this gift inside of them. And I believe everyone has this actually. And I just, I just realized that I had such a craving and a desire to help um, them go and do that really like Mm -hmm. capitalize on what they had available to them. And I think a lot of us have it and it doesn't mean that they can capitalize on it. And I think that's where I come in. Um, And I, it just, honestly, it is, its it's, it's a dream come true. Like it is insane. Like the women that I get to work with are absolutely exceptional women. Um, and who really want to contribute, like that's their number one value. Mm -hmm. Um, and also just the fact that they get these insane results. Like one of my clients just recently, we just had our final call today. We've been working together for three months, one-on-one and she made, um, 9,000 pounds over those three months, which is about, you know, ten, eleven thousand $11,000. And she'd never made money in her business before. So to That's do that awesome. in the span of three months in cash received, like it's really cool. Like well, it's very yeah. exciting. And it just, that it just, to me, it's like, wow, like I'm really affecting change. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's really powerful. So yeah, that's my journey.
0: That's so awesome. And, And we did say in your bio that you understand people at a deeper level. And is that a result of all of the moving around that you did and all of the changes that you made for yourself in terms of like leaving Bloomberg Financial and all of that?
1: I think it absolutely. I think there are a couple elements. So one being that because I grew up, so I was born in Tokyo, and then we moved to Dusseldorf, Johannesburg, Vienna, and Hamburg. And as a result of having to move countries and schools practically every couple of years, what that meant was I... I had to quickly get to know people and I had to quickly read people because you would meet these new classmates, these new people. And if you don't didn't want to be isolated and have no friends, you had to get very good at understanding people incredibly quickly, like Mm -hmm. with rapid speed, build powerful rapport. Um, And so that's what I got to do. I got very good at doing that, I guess. um, And naturally. So, and to be very honest with you, it's not like I knew that that's what I was doing at the time, right? Like I was a kid and you you don't know what you're doing, but looking back now, you know, I've done a, I've done coaching, but I've also done an NLP program, and they talk about mirroring and matching, and it's what we do naturally as human beings. But um, obviously, there's a way to do it even more powerfully to um, to read people and to influence people, but also to really be able to to figure people out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really realized that that's what I've been doing for so long. I love I, that at a degree, you know, at a crazy degree. Yeah. I guess. And so, what yeah, a skill
0: set. What a skill set to have. And I imagine that you attempt to transfer that skill set at least at a lower level to your clients because doing that requires you to be open to other people and to really take a look at how they're talking, what they're saying, that NLP piece of it. So I'd love to dive deeper into being your true self (laughs) because a lot of people aren't. And so how do you take that skill set and then figure people out if they're not actually being themselves?
1: So that's a really good question. Um, so one, you're, you're absolutely right that it takes... It takes two things for, for when I, when I look at it, like if I try to kind of get out of myself and I just sort of look at it, it's absolutely, you're absolutely right An openness. And second of all, it's a total and complete focus on the other person. And what I tend to find, especially in our society is that because of fears and other reasons, we tend to spend a lot of time in our own minds and our, in our own sort of Mm. like side, Mm -hmm. rather than really having complete and full presence of what's going on on the other side, yeah. Um, like the other person, right? So whether you meet a colleague or you meet your boss or you meet a friend or, you know, you have a connection in a, in a business, it's really, are you able to, instead of just focusing on what you want or what you're thinking or what's going on in your world, instead of that, completely actually silence that. and fully commit and immerse yourself into that person's world. So that, that's how I would best describe it. And then around what you said around helping people find their true selves, it's that I think a lot of us have been, you know, let's say you're born as a baby. You don't have any thoughts. You don't really any, have any beliefs. Yeah, maybe there's consciousness flowing through you, but ultimately you are kind of brand new. And then um, – I'd and love you, to be
0: like that still,
1: r- right? Yeah, be, it's, I know, and I think that's the aim, actually, in life, is to come back yes, to that place, totally, right? Totally, totally. Um, that's hilarious. Um, so I think that was the big thing is like I realized, okay, as a baby, you just start absorbing these beliefs, these models of the world from your parents, and if your parents always say certain things about money or certain things about people or certain things about trust, then you just sort you kind of take that on, not intentionally sometimes, but just by accident, mm, you just mm-hmm. sort
0: of take osmosis. That on.
1: Yeah. Right, yes, yeah, osmosis, exactly. And it kind of just sticks to you and it's mm-hmm. annoying. Um and I think only through taking a moment to actually first of all look at what are all the shoulds in your life, right? So I think the the easy way to do that is to just ask yourself, okay, so what are where do I find myself actually irritated or depleted of energy or feeling frustrated or stressed out? Because those are good indicators of why you're doing, like when you're doing things or around people that are not like, that's not hundred percent, um, in alignment with you. Mm -hmm. Um, so looking at where you're depleted of energy or where you're feeling stressed or or irritated or annoyed, those are really good way to, to look at that. And then another great way is to look at the people that you admire and look up to and pinpoint the personality traits that you are so obsessed with in them and actually realize that that is your core true self. And it's about rediscovering and unleashing those inside of you because Mm. you have them. That's why you look up to them and you're like, oh my God, this person's amazing for X, Y, and Z. Well, guess what? You have that X, Y, and Z, but you've been possibly (laughs) um, putting kind of a cap on that because you were told, don't be too loud. Don't be too intense. Uh, Don't do this. Don't do that. um, You should do this. You know, all of these shoulds by accident. And and sometimes we've interpreted. So sometimes it's not that somebody said something explicitly. It's that implicitly you've taken Mm. that on as as a meaning Mm -hmm. and interpretation. And so this
0: would then obviously transfer to how you act at work, which is why Mm -hmm. a lot of people wear masks and are inauthentic at work. They're like a different person during the day. When they go home, they're you know they let their hair down so to speak so they live a double life and so first before we get into how to remove that mask and become closer to your true self why do why do you think people do this at work why is it so difficult for people to be a little more laid back at work is it again related back to those shoulds that implicit idea that is put into their head of like you should act a certain way at work
1: that's oh, again such a good question um when I used to work at Bloomberg, I remember um, after I left, I it took me a while to go back to actually who I was at my core because I had um, I had tried so hard. Or not again. Sometimes it's unconscious, and I think that's almost the worst part about it. It's yeah. nothing you know about. This, right. And then later on, you're like, oh my. God. Who was I? I
0: I remember my first job out of school wearing like, you know, because back then it had to be pantyhose (laughs) with the with the suits and all of that. And I remember having like a closet full of suits. And I was a miserable, miserable. I hated doing that job. And I was not myself. But I got ingrained in it. And it almost became who I was, which is who I wasn't. So what you're saying is like so dead on. I think so many people don't even realize it.
1: Oh, my God, I'm, like, nodding my head as you're talking, um, as you're speaking. It's exactly that. It's, like, I think it's such an unconscious thing. And that's why, you know, oh, just, I just have so much to, to say about this. But um, it's funny because I've just taken on a new um, one-on-one client. And um, one of the conversations we recently had was she she's currently working in a 9-to-5 job. And she was telling me, she's, like, I just feel like – I. I can't yet be my true like self or my put out my true voice in the world because for so long I've been trying to be polished and look mm-hmm. a certain way and feel a certain way yes. and so now I feel like I'm going to be shunned because people are going to be like who are you I thought you were x y and z It yes. turns out you're this crazy person who has <laughs> opinions and and you know yeah. who gets excited who's too intense and who's this and that and which and I, I love
0: I, by the way there still is a stigma attached to that unless you're like a creative director at an ad agency then somehow it's okay to be a nut, you know? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think, so I think the, what you said about why do you think that's the case at work? I just think, you know, understandably to a certain degree, you know, I know because i you know, I'm running this business and you take on people and you take on employees or or freelancers and, you know, you have a mission. Like for me, my number one thing is um, is exceptional service. So really helping people create exceptional results, right? So if somebody in my team, doesn't really like get that or like in the sense that they think, oh, like money comes first or numbers come first. I'm like, Mm. no way. Like that's like so far from what I believe in my mission and my values. So I, to a certain degree, I understand that a company, you know, especially a big one will have values in corporate culture and therefore people to a certain degree will assimilate to that. However, I just feel like Oh, I just so sad, you know, because when you think about it, like I remember starting with Bloomberg, like I was actually one of the few people who I feel like I would speak out because I just couldn't help myself. Yeah, And I, I think they genuinely I mean, I did it in a way where it was, you know, still like acceptable to a certain degree. Right. But I, I felt like I needed to I felt like I needed to voice that not just for myself, but for other employees. Like, I mm-hmm. guess I always have this feeling of like. I'm not alone, and I feel like you want to do it for others. Yeah, um,
0: but that's risky, you know? and that takes balls. Yeah. Yeah. It takes giant brass balls yeah. because most people are are scared because yeah. you're going to upset your or uproot the status quo and then look like a maverick at work, which a lot of companies – I mean, there was actually a job description once for a business development position that I had that said, no mavericks, please. And I was like, Ew. I was like, so then I just have to be one of the sheep. That sucks.
1: Exactly, Uh, Michelle. That's actually one of the reasons I had to leave the company as well because I started feeling like, "Are we?" Personally, I was like, "Are we really doing what is best for the client and the customer?" I guess I'm really big believer in that. I mean, again, depends what you do, but still, like always. And I just started feeling, and then there are a couple things just in in the in like any company, right? But I was just a couple things that I was just like, "I'm not down with this," and I'm so it's so against my value system that like something about like, for example, people not really having time enough to go on breaks or or feeling they, they were really run to kind of, it's just a lot of, um, a lot of intensity let's just say that mm-hmm. and it's super fast paced and mm-hmm. i i really had a problem i was like this is not okay like your cust- not only do your customers come first but your employees should come first as well because they're the ones dealing with your customers yep. and um i just there were a lot of things that i was just like i'm not okay with this yeah. and i think that's one of the reasons i had to like get away because yeah. like i can't pretend anymore so
0: basically you were out of alignment with what the job requirements were That didn't work for you. So let's talk more about alignment. How do you work with your clients to, to line things up?
1: The number one thing I do is around really asking them what are their cravings? And it it sounds so like, oh, that's so simple, right? No, it's not simple at all because no, like so few people actually take the time like every day to ask themselves, what do I crave right now? What do I crave in my my life? What do I crave in my days? What do I crave on my weekends? What do I crave in my friends? What do I crave in my experiences? What do I crave in my day-to-day? Like all of it, right? And I think so few of us actually ask ourselves those questions, those sort of like, what are your soul desires? Like what do you actually genuinely, deeply, want and um when you do that what tends to happen first of all is there can be some blocks right because people haven't been doing it forever (laughs) so they're like kind of like uh like i don't even really know you know and they're kind of a little bit stumped they're kind of like wow i haven't even asked myself that question in so long i've just been doing what i should do and um and then what I do is, you know, I really help them through. I just sort of, we go into things like, you know, if money was no object, okay, like what would you crave then? If you had hundreds of millions of dollars, what would you crave then? Like if um, you knew you could really never fail, what would you crave then? And all of a sudden it starts mm. opening up some doors that have been shut because of these, um, what would be the right word for it? The These filters that they've had to put on thinking yeah. that that's what they needed for success. I Those guess.
0: shoulds. Mm. Should be this, should be that, should be making X money, should be taking care of the family, should be living in this particular house in this particular neighborhood, all of those things. And they, you're right. People do get out of touch. Again, like we said earlier, it's like you don't even realize that you're in this zone. Yes. So give us an example of somebody that you worked with who came to you and they knew that something was really missing. They were not happy with what they were doing, but didn't know how to make that leap out. And you worked with them to find out what was in alignment for them.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh my God. There's like a gazillion examples that came to my mind. Um, so (laughs) I'll take one of my, I'll take one of my clients. So one of my clients was, um, somebody I worked with for a long, a long time ago now. Um, she was an acupuncturist. So she'd been working under someone for 15 years, you know, under different companies, you know, never worked for herself. And she came to me in London And um, I think she came to one of my in-person workshops and it was like a two or three hour workshop and it was for a big group of people. And um, I'd offered a 30-minute free session at the time afterwards to to chat. And she booked one of those in and we spoke and you could just tell, like, she was she was unfulfilled and unhappy mm-hmm. because there were so many elements that were out of alignment. So, for example, she was working under someone else and therefore really didn't feel like she had the autonomy and the flexibility that she really craved and desired. She was living in London when really she wanted to be living in Australia where she had um, a family. Um, she, she wasn't, at the time, she wasn't... Um, I don't think she had a, like a, like her love life, it just didn't feel like it was quite where she wanted it to be. And also her, she just felt like in a lot of ways she was either people pleasing or um, sort of saying yes to things that she wanted to say no to and, you know, not saying no and not being assertive in that way. So there are mm-hmm. a couple elements that were, you know, as you can tell, like out of alignment. And so... After coaching, we, so we spent probably about three weeks of coaching whilst she was still in London together. And you wouldn't believe, but she moved across the country to all the way over to Australia in a small town over there. She quit her job of 15 years. She was, as you can imagine, had like the fear, but she jumped, right? And, and this was through coaching. And then when she was in Australia, within about two to three months, I can't remember exactly, she had a thriving acupuncture practice. Practice of her own 22 patients like going on right and this was through all kinds of different things that we did like and all this all this was practically in person because she was running a business that was obviously a more of a clinic um and you wouldn't believe but like literally it was uh i think like seven or eight months ago i i sent her an email and i said you know how's everything going and i hadn't spoken to her in like eight months and she's like oh my gosh, like, you know, on top of the fact that when she stopped working with me, like she was, she was fulfilled, she was excited, she was living where she wanted to live, she had a thriving business, she had clients, she, she was, she was building a community, she was being assertive, she had a mindset practice, she was all these things. And then literally, like, I think six or seven months later, or I can't remember exactly, maybe eight months, I sent her an email and she sent me one back. She's like, you wouldn't believe this, but I've met the love of my life. And, um, or I'm, I'm in love or, or something something like that. And I was just thinking, this is what alignment is all about. Mm. Like, I think when you start tapping into alignment, what tends to happen is other areas of your life. I mean, and I'm a coach that I like to look at like more of a like holistic view. I don't yeah. just want to just touch on one thing. Mm-hmm. Um And so what tends to happen is that other things just sort of fall into place. So it was the most beautiful, like that was one example of just somebody who was out of alignment and then through coaching can really tap right back into alignment and get so many areas of her life just being like, like a dream. Falling she, she said, into she's place, like, yeah. I feel like it's a dream. I'm like oh, no it's real. <laughs>
0: that's so awesome. And that must yeah. be so rewarding for you as the coach to see somebody who really listens to whatever guidance you're giving and makes the the right choices in order to get everything feeling good and feeling right for them.
1: Oh my god, it's the best feeling, and I think um, what I really like in what I do is that because it's coaching and it's not consulting, and I think consulting can be really powerful and really valuable at times as well. But what I really like about coaching is that you really empower the person to come up with their own solutions throughout the sessions, mm-hmm. and what that means is they're much more likely to to be really inspired to take massive aligned action. Whereas if you just advise someone to do A, B, and C. There's a chance that they'd be like, well, you know, that's just what she said, like you know, right. who she know or, do you know all that thing, or just sort of like a bit resentful, like, oh no, she came up with the answers, you know, what if, how am I going to do this on my own, you yeah. know? And I don't yeah. ever want to have a client where once we're done working together, they don't have the tools or the skills or um, the traits that will allow them to continue to succeed. Yeah.
0: And that's that's really cool that you made that clarification because I think I've had a lot of people personally who have been like, you should be doing X, Y, Z, and this is how. How it's done. And it's not that I feel resentful because they came up with the idea. It's that I don't really feel like the idea is right for me. Exactly. And I don't think that everybody needs to take the same path to meet with success. It has to feel natural and it has to feel organic for you. So I love the fact that you help your clients figure that out in a way that works for them and that feels true to them going back to that true self.
1: Yeah. And Michelle, like as soon as you said that, I was like, exactly how you like um, described it is exactly that. Like, it, it has to feel natural. There needs to be a sense of flow and ease. Otherwise, you feel like you're going up uh, like an upward hill kind yeah. of thing yeah. or like you're going upstream and you're like, why is this so freaking so hard? Tough for me? It's because yeah. you're not using your zone of genius.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's talk more about the zone of genius in, in relation to getting financial results. Like, I want to talk about the making more money part. Is this tied back to being in alignment or? are there other factors involved in getting the, the actual results at the end of the day?
1: That's such a good question as well. So the, there, I would say that there are other elements. I think the the first one before anything else would be a mixture between, you know, what I asked around the, the cravings, which in itself is, is definitely getting you back into alignment, but also a vision. And what I mean by that is it's imagine like you've got a GPS system and you put in like, um, the whole continent of Africa, but you're looking to go to a specific street in Johannesburg, you are going to be basically going in circles, hitting dead ends, like being like, oh, I can't find it. Why is it so hard? You're going to spend days and days traveling around Africa in this car, not knowing where you're going, right? Mm -hmm. Because you don't have a destination in the GPS system, Mm -hmm. you don't have a specific destination. And I think it's very, very similar with businesses. If you don't know where you're headed, you're going to feel like you're a headless chicken. (laughs) You're going (laughs) to feel, that was me for the first eight months of running business. Yeah, um, I get and it's, that. It's just pain, <laughs> and it's exhausting, and it's frustrating, yes. and you're annoyed. Especially because I think I, you know, a lot of my clients are action like not a lot of my clients. All of my clients are action takers. So that's never the issue with them. It's not like they're like, I don't want to take action. I'm complacent. That's never them. It's that they're taking action. It's not working. Yeah. And I think there's a real distinction between those. So the first thing is, is the vision. Like, where are we headed? And more importantly, not just in terms of, like, numbers. Like, okay, how much money do you want to receive per month? You know, how many sales do you want to make? Those are great numbers. And I, I absolutely have those in when we, you know, when we coach on that. But then the kind of other questions are, okay, but what do you want your day-to-day to look like? What do you want your team to look like? how do you want it to feel? You know, how do you want your weekends to feel? Like those questions are important because otherwise we are headed for some m- numbers, but we don't know how fulfilled or happy you'll be by the end of it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you see a lot of entrepreneurs out there who are making a lot of money but they're not necessarily fulfilled and exhilarated. So I think for me it's it has to be that combination. So the number one thing is vision. And then the second thing around money is really there are a couple things. So the second thing is alignment. So again, like really tapping into, okay, but yes, now I've got this vision, but on a week to week, month to month basis, what is an alignment in terms of my offerings? Like, let's say you get a sponsor, well, okay, that sponsor needs to be in alignment. Otherwise, you're going to feel icky or out of integrity or off for some reason, mm-hmm. right? Or let's say you want to sell a network marketing product. If that product doesn't feel quite right to you because you don't necessarily believe that it works or you're not 100% sure it works, again, you're going to be out of alignment. Yeah. It's going to be really tough to sell yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's the second piece. And then the third piece I would look at is, well, there are another two. So, so let's just do another two. So one is around how confident and in conviction are you that your solution works so whether it's a b2b or b2c so business to customer business to business how convinced are you that your solution will create the desired results and if you're even at 80 percent, unfortunately you're going to really struggle making more money because selling is very much like you just need to be in so much conviction around what it is that you're selling. Like, let's take, um, Steve jobs. The reason like all of his stuff sold is because he had every ounce, every cell in his body believed in his product would deliver Mm -hmm. the results. Mm -hmm. So that's the third thing. And and how I do that is through coaching, right? So that, that whether it's a service-based business or a product-based business, it's again, through coaching, how can you build in that level of conviction and confidence through actual, um, practical and real data right so so it could be facts it could be evidence it could be proof from other people it could be testimonials it could be all kinds of things and then um and then the final thing would really be getting crystal clear on who is the ideal client so even if you only have a couple of clients you know I've, I've worked with different types of people so even if you've got a couple of clients or you've got thousands of clients either way This person that you're looking for, or this company that you're looking for, what is their what is how I do like um what are their traits? Not just demographics. Demographics are useful, but they're not enough. What are their psychographics? So ultimately who are these people what are they obsessed with what do they despise what are they into what are their secret desires secret fears like getting to know them as well as you know your like romantic partner you know like really getting mm-hmm. like niched down like who is this human being you know what are they into um and then understanding that person what is there in marketing they talk about like a push button so what's the thing that's gonna make them scream hell yes right because <laughs> if you can figure that out guess what you're gonna get loads of hell yeses right mm-hmm. um, and if you don't understand that you'll keep getting these maybes or I'm not sure or I'll talk about it later or I'll give you a you know tell give, I'll tell you this in a week or all these weird yeah answers that you're just like, oh, great um, and then the final thing I'd probably just add to that is is the person the decision maker because that's a big thing. Like, let's say that you, um, your customers are moms. Okay. Well, there's maybe a different decision maker. Maybe it's the dad in there. Are there influencers? For example, kids, kids can be powerful influencers in the purchasing decision. So there's just, I think there are definitely different elements to look at. Um, That's a lot. That's a lot. lot. (laughs) So
0: so it's not a simple solution to everyone out there listening to just like, okay, Olivia's going to tell you to do X, Y, Z, and then you're going to make more money tomorrow. Like it's a, a variety of choices and shifts that you need to make. And not only in terms of your approach and your choices of your customers or the way that you're marketing your business or your service, whatever it is, but also inside yourself, your own mindset shift, right?
1: And, that's, and Michelle, you like totally touched on that. Like, absolutely. It has to be there needs to be that mindset work internally. So, you know, all of my cl- current clients, especially the one on one clients um, do a mindset practice each day. Um, I actually look for them to do it like three times a day. Um, and the reason being is because, you know, it's just so powerful. Like, I just can't knock it. Like, Well, there's that's just what keeps so you
0: motivated. Much- Right? Yes.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: But how do you stay in that zone because and going back to, you know, you helping your clients reach that zone of genius because I know like I'm a positive person. I can be sarcastic, but in in my at my core I'm a happy, super positive person who wants to achieve great things, but I I get in my funks. And I know, you know, some of my closest friends who are also really passionate about what they do and are positive about their business get into funks so how do you get out of the funks <laughs> and stay motivated the majority of the time
1: uh, I am glad you asked this because I feel like there are probably a lot of people listening who are thinking exactly that like overall they're really passionate but then they get into funks once in a while yeah I think it's hard um, to
0: keep going and going and going and going especially if you're not seeing immediate results
1: oh my goodness absolutely so I think that What I did wrong for the first, um, and I'm glad I did it wrong, for the first sort of eight or nine months of running my business was that when you hit that funk, instead of pausing, I would just force myself through it. And I really look back thinking that was so the wrong way to go. So instead of doing that now, in, in these days, what I do is when I feel that funk, I notice it, I acknowledge it, and I stop. I really take like, I really stop full, like full throttle, like stop. And in that moment, I really check in to to figure out what's going on here. You know, Mm -hmm. is it, is it that I need some rest? Like maybe you just really need a nap. You know, sometimes you just need a 20 minute nap. Um, Yeah. Maybe it's that you just really need an amazing massage. Maybe it's that you need to go spend two hours outside because you've been locked up like all day in your, you know, mm-hmm. in your office or in your room or yeah. at work. The guys um, are
0: thinking, maybe I just need to get laid.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. There's, there's going to be all kinds of like things that could just be, and so those are such simple solutions, right? Yeah. We're not talking about crazy things, but I think that in our society because um, because success is so, you um, Oh, so valued and people, you know, yeah. success is such a big piece that unfortunately, instead of stopping, we just keep going. And I don't think—I mean, I'm an overachiever, so I understand people who are like, "But I want to keep, you know, I want to keep getting results. And if I stop, then I won't." And I, I really understand mm-hmm. that more the than the culture. You ever know. The
0: culture is so s- yeah. so ingrained with working hard. Pl- you know, work hard, play hard. Keep you know all these like motivational quote things on Instagram. Like, yeah. at first I was totally into it, and now I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" oh <laughs> Like, this is not Michelle. working for me.
1: No, Michelle, I had a huge. I'm like you, like for for ages. I was like, oh yeah, I love this. Yeah, hustle and all mm-hmm. stuff. and now I'm like, like I like hustle.
0: Pff, ugh, yeah, it's getting tiring. <laughs>
1: it's like um gary vaynerchuk like as much as there's a couple things that i like overall i don't really like his message um personally yes i know that's very much opposing to a lot of the entrepreneurial world and it's funny because i do you know if you ask my fiance he'd be like oh like she works a lot but it's it's work in flow like anytime i hit a funk i stop like i'm not like i I won't go above it like as soon as no as soon as it's no longer fun or feeling in flow i'm out
0: okay so you stop and then what Then what do you do? And then
1: what? So that's that moment of acknowledging and questioning. Okay, so what's going on? And I think nobody like very few of us do that. We don't actually check in, like what's actually going on. And so sometimes it's an obvious thing, right? So and Tony Robbins says this. He's like, are your negative emotions are actually action signals? They're they're telling you something, mm-hmm. and instead of ignoring them, stop and take account of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So the first thing it could just be, like you said, like getting late, sleep, <laughs> food, yeah. getting outside. Like there could be something really basic. And you can just go do that and then watch yourself three hours later feel ten times better. So mm-hmm. that's what I would do if that was the case. Sometimes though, unfortunately, you feel in a funk and And you, maybe you're not listening to the funk either, or you're just kind of like, you just keep feeling like in a funk and you're just like, you can't get out of it. And you're like, wow, like, this is so annoying. And you can't understand why. That's when, for me, I think to myself, I'm about to have a massive breakthrough. Yes, yes. (laughs) That's going to sound really weird. But for me, every single time I've been in a funk, like, and usually for me, it lasts, it can last an, like an hour or, or it can last. You know, three or four days where I'm still like I have a lot of energy and still doing things definitely Mm -hmm. but overall I'm like not quite where I want to be let's just say that I'm not in that beautiful flow abundant state and so but that's when I tell myself oh my god I'm about to have this huge breakthrough because that is often the case and I guess it's a choice right I'm choosing to believe that when I'm in a funk that actually means that I'm about to have a breakthrough because unfortunately I mean I think Rumi said this and I can't remember what poem but he talks about these like this ebb and flow, and that that's okay. He, I think, he says something like, um, "There are times to work hard, there are times to rest." And I love, I just love that. I just think there's so much truth to that. Like, yeah. why do we feel the need to instead of just sort of like doing so much nurturing and just like self love, self care, just taking so much care of yourself for x number of days whilst you're in this like weird funk, mm-hmm. and then just realizing that if you actually give this to yourself. Um, you will spring back up you'll have a breakthrough you'll find you'll go back to that normal state now don't get me wrong there are certain people who that won't be the case but that's because their base level of happiness or their level of fulfillment in life is not necessarily where they want it to be yet so then they might feel like oh but if I if I stay in this funk or if I kind of let myself just be nurtured and, and taken care of then I won't get out of it like I'll end up on the couch all day and, mm. and for the next like 10 days right Um, but I think that we're talking about two different types of people. I'm talking about the ones who you mentioned who are overall normally really passionate, who are creatives, who have all this like, you know, um, beautiful, yeah, creative energy inside of them. And then they hit a funk for those people. I don't think that's an issue. You will get back into the normal state. It's just about allowing yourself to feel into that and just sort of Ask yourself, how is this a blessing in disguise? What's the lesson here? Yeah.
0: And what changes can be made? Like you said, to stop and reassess, like, what are you doing? And that's where a coach would come in, in my opinion. Yeah. So I'll be calling you, Olivia. So will you share another success story about a client who you worked with who was in a funk, um, made some shifts, um, got some great results, and then how it – and this is going to be similar in in results of overall, like the umbrella results in in his or her life, similar to the acupuncturist, but just another example of how you worked with somebody to take massive inspired action.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um – So, uh, there are, again, there are a whole bunch of examples that come to mind. I'll, I'll talk about, um, a coach that I worked with more recently and, um, It was really interesting because her and I, uh, we'd been working together for, okay, let me actually, let me set the scene. So she was in her very, very early 20s and she'd run another business before this one um, and she'd been running that for about two or three years and she'd done pretty well with that and she was happy with it, but it was never really her calling. So when she stepped into coaching, she realized like, oh my goodness, like this is my calling, this is really what I'm meant to be doing in the world. And she had done a six month group program with a different coach and she'd learned sort of all of the strategies, the, the techniques, the approaches in terms of how do you build a beautiful audience and then how do you build these paying clients who are going to continue coming to you or where you can continue to create prospects and and, and receive that money that you want for, for your business and she did that for six months and w- when she came to me, she told me like, this has been useful, but I still haven't made a single amount, like a single dollar. I still haven't created a single client. And I'm starting to feel really frustrated because I'm doing everything that's been told, but for some reason it's not working. Like I'm taking all of this action. I'm doing all this work and I'm feeling, I'm starting to feel really frustrated Mm -hmm. and um, annoyed. And I was like, totally legit, totally get you. And what I saw in her was, I, I always need two things with my clients. I saw hunger, like a real hunger for change and a hunger for results. And the second thing is, um, a real obsession to learn and grow. So really a willingness, a a willingness to, to grow in and a responsibility, like a a realization that it's up to her to create the results. And so I was like, perfect. Like, let's go, let's play. I'm totally in. And after about six weeks, her engagement rose to crazy levels. Like she would get um, anywhere between 1,000 and like 8,000 views on a, on a live stream on Facebook. She, she all of a sudden got comments, messages, emails, like it was, you know, all of a sudden it was just, you know, when things are just pouring in um, in terms of prospects and engagement and and new audience members and, and people who are genuinely keen on her and people to, to show you the, the drastic change, uh, I had about three people or four people message me on Facebook saying, what did you do with this person? She's a changed person. Like her confidence, it's, it's so real. It's so authentic. It's such a true voice. And she's just on fire. And she, she believes 100% in herself and 100% in her products. And, and there's this authenticity. She was like, They were like, what did you do? And they'd all done, like, those women had done the program that she'd been in before. And it just cracked me up because I was like, you know, that's coaching for you. There you go. That's coaching. Um, And
0: And then that's when you do your little, you know, like, Z-shaped snap. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) yeah, of course girl. Um, so it, it was, it was just really funny to me because I was like, this is the power of, of coaching, you know, um, let alone like, um, financial results. So what happened, but let me talk, talk about the funk is that she got, you know, six or seven weeks in maybe eight weeks. I can't remember maybe six, seven, eight weeks. I'm not sure. She comes to me and she's like, Oh, but I still haven't created that, that client, you know, made that money, even though she was receiving like, all of these messages, emails, engagement, audience shift, confidence, conviction, like all of it was there, but then one thing was missing, these conversions, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and I, in my head, I was like, but this is how it works. You plant the seeds, and then you need to show up, and you need to water it, and then give it sunlight, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you won't see it for a while, for maybe two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, it doesn't matter. And then all of a sudden you'll start seeing these buds showing up and you'll be like, oh my God, they're coming out of nowhere. <laughs> and um, and then you'll be able to harvest the crops, right? And so, um, and that is how it works, to be honest. Like I've never seen it differently in a business and so many books talk about this. Um, but basically, I, and she was telling me, she was like, oh, might, and she was, you know, being a little dramatic and, and later we actually talked about it and we were cracked up about it. But she was like, um, I feel like I might have to like go and get a, a job, you know? Yeah. And I was like, you're not getting a job like what is this like absolute nonsense so I just kind of you know called out her like called her out on her bullshit story yeah basically. oh was-
0: I love that she got dramatic like that because I just had somebody get dramatic on me and they were like if you're so frustrated with your situation with what you're doing then you maybe you should just get a job and I was like wow really because I love what I do see you yeah. later you know what I mean like I can't stand it when people get into that that zone that headspace
1: absolutely michelle and i think straight away i was like i'm not I, to be honest it was almost to me like the I'm, like a an insect i was just like yeah like what do you mean like let's be real like yeah like, stop here, like, stop sitting. don't do that yeah right and so um and it was i mean the funny thing is she was just basically like i'm a coach well i will i will not hold nothing back and I, i'm really real with people and they feel my love for like my love and care for them so it's it, they just know that I'm always serving, I'm never pleasing. So when she said that, I was like, What? Like, I'm gonna call your bluff. Like, this is not gonna, <laughs> you know, whereas maybe other people would like, like, Let's talk about this. And no, no, no. Like, let's get back into the game. Like, go. And literally, the week after she made something like 6,000 pounds, which is about $7,000 or $7,500 or something. Um, and that just cracked me up. Wow. I was like, this is exactly how it works, though. Like, you need to stay in the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it's so funny. It's so funny.
0: I just had a conversation with a great friend of mine on the phone last night and we were talking about how, you know, with like actors and musicians, like I've seen so many people who I know personally, they stayed in the game and it took them on average 10 years to start to see real success in that realm. It's probably different with running an online business or or other types of um, entrepreneurs or artists, but like in music and acting, like it could take up to 10 years to really start to see results, but it's about that commitment. It's about that staying connected to you, your vision, like you said, and being aligned with your purpose and your skill set.
1: Absolutely, Michelle. And I also, I like what you said, because I think um, one of the big decisions that I made, and I think this was a real huge turning point for me, was I remember about, again, it's a kind of that seven or eight month mark in my business. I decided, I was like, am I in this for the long game or am I just in this for now? Yeah. And I kept doing this thing where I was like, I'm going to give myself another four months. And then I was like, who am I doing this for? And I realized it was because I was doing it for my, my parents. I just felt like, oh, like maybe they want me to, you know, they, maybe they think, oh, she shouldn't take out a mm. loan and she shouldn't do X, Y, and Z. But I, you know to be fair, they weren't even thinking that that was on my own sort of thoughts and, and things And then I was like, no more. I am in this for the long game. If mm-hmm. I end up needing to get a part-time job or some freelance work, that might be the case. but ultimately I'm in this for the long run yeah. and I think unfortunately a lot of entrepreneurs do not do that and therefore anytime it gets a little bit hard or they hit a really big speed bump or you know they feel like they're an emotional roller coaster, they they let you know, they let their arms down and they're like, Oh, well, obviously it wasn't for me yeah. and I really highly disagree with that.
0: Me too. I've had people who are like, Well, how long are you gonna give it for your podcast? And and at first I was like, Well, I'm gonna give it a year and then I'm gonna see where it's at after a year. But now I'm like oh no, Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, I can't put that time frame on it because I'm doing something that I love. And, and people poo poo the fact that I'm giving away free content and, and saying that it's spiritually fulfilling. They're like, yeah, but at the end of the day, is that paying your bills? You know what I mean? And that's the kind of feedback that I get. So personally, I need to shift my tribe of people. I need yes. to surround myself with people who are more into the idea of, of living a mission that's good for in all ways, in every way. And yes, of course, I want the financial results, too. But like you said, if you're really truly aligned, then you shouldn't have to put a time limit on it.
1: Uh, I mean, there's there's so much sort of what cracks me up about people like that is, that makes me sad because I think that's actually one of the reasons why people do not do what they love in the world. And you live once you're on this earth once, like, yeah. okay, then you can believe other the things of your spiritual, you might believe that you come in another, you know, experience and that's, that's fine too. But I'm just saying like in this body experience, like you live once, like how sad is it that you never gave it your all? And yeah you didn't really follow your cravings and your mission and your calling. I, I'm i sorry, I don't think you would ever regret that in the future. And I also think that, to be honest with you, the whole monetization thing, it's it's also sometimes, it's, sometimes it's just a, a small one degree shift. You know, it doesn't always have to be this big thing. And I think a lot of yeah. us, I, I used to think, oh, it's going to take you know mountains, or it's going to take years. And then literally, like I remember, it was like in the nine month marker, or I can't remember exactly, eight month or nine month mark. All of a sudden, I, j- I made twenty five k in sales in the span of like um, something like two and a half weeks, and I was like, oh my god! Wow. And it was just, it was so surprising. But it, it to me, it showed me like I was like, oh my goodness, like. It sometimes it just takes a one degree shift and then Mm -hmm. you're in. So I just think it's really sad that people say that because sometimes you're so fricking close to the end mark and somebody might say something and you you hear it, hear it, hear it, it's like that drop in the back, like in the bucket and then all of a sudden you're just like, okay, I should give up or I should go back to a job or whatever else, you know?
0: Yeah, I hate that.
1: <laughs> because yeah,
0: And so I encourage anyone out there listening who ha- is doing something that they love, maybe you haven't seen the, the hardcore financial results yet, but reach out to Olivia and she'll help coach you through that tough spot. Olivia, any final thoughts for the listeners on taking massive inspired action in their careers or in their lives?
1: I, all I would say is just keep, if it's really your passion, keep going. Like absolutely never give up, be relentless because it's worth it.
0: Yeah. And you may find that maybe that's not your passion after all, like you, you did with the first business. Yeah. Yeah. Or one absolutely. of your clients. Did. Okay yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay to, to shift gears and to try something new and, but always stay connected with what your soul wants. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm nodding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love all of this, the zone of genius. And uh, Olivia, I'm so grateful that you took time to come on Nothing Off Limits and share your awesome passions with the audience.
1: Oh, you're so welcome. It was so much fun.
0: And everybody out there listening, please go to Olivia's website. It's oliviasharlotte.com. I'll put the link in the show notes. And uh, she's also got a monthly tribe, a monthly program. um, If you cannot do one-on-one coaching with her, if you don't have the time or you're not at that level yet, Olivia, will you give us a little blip on that for the listeners?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I would say that it's a really great way to get into total alignment understand what you need to be doing in terms of your daily mindset practice to then be able to take And feel inspired to take the massive aligned action and therefore get the results. So um, what's amazing is just to start seeing them the sales, but not only, you know, I'm always, like I said earlier, it's like not only about the sales, it's that fulfillment. It's the, it's the combination of both. It's making the money, but then also feeling so completely aligned. Um, So that's the tribe. So it's a, a weekly video training where you have that on a membership website. And then on top of that, there's a Facebook group with incredible supportive women who are just genuinely in it for contribution, which is amazing. That's awesome. And um, and you can ask any questions in the group and just get them answered by myself or my brother.
0: That's so cool. And I love it. Everybody, I will provide the link in the show notes for you. Olivia, thank you once again. You're so awesome and I appreciate you.
1: Ah, oh, you're so welcome.
0: Have a great topic you'd like to hear discussed on an upcoming episode of Nothing Off Limits email us at ideas at ladyfoxentertainment.com. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate the show, and go to ladyfoxentertainment.com to sign up for our email list and to check out our resources page. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.